This is Kyle Juszczyk, and you're listening to Nothing But Niners. This is Charles Haley. You're listening to Nothing But Niners. So now they've got to start from deep in their end of the field, and Garrison Hurst takes advantage of it. He takes the handoff, sweeps to his right, gets to the 20. He's in the 30. Needs to cut in. He comes back up the right sideline. Breaks the third tackle. Comes down to the 30. He's out of the 20. He's out of the 10. He's out of the 5. He's out of the left side. The Nothing But Niners crew is back, and we're here to bring you guys another fun-filled show sponsored by our guys over at MyBookie.ag. Guys, head over to MyBookie.ag. Use promo code NBN. That stands for Nothing But Niners, okay? So listen, guys. The NFL is back in action, and so is winning season at MyBookie. With over $500,000 in contest prize money, winning season makes the big games better and the victories even sweeter. Head over to mybookie.ag and choose from a variety of boosts, contests, and promotions for up for grabs. Highlighted by the crown jewel of winning season, the famed MyBookie Super Contest. It only costs $10 to enter. You pick five games against the spread each week, just five, okay? And that earns you one point for each one you get correct. Each point you get correct, you're closer to the grand prize. Now, if you missed out on week one, don't worry about it. It is okay. Head on over to mybookie.ag because just one good week of picks and you're right back in it, okay? In order to get you started, make your first deposit over at mybookie.ag. Use promo code NBN. You see it right there. Use promo code NBN, and they will match your first initial deposit. They will double your deposit. I repeat, they will double your deposit up to $1,000. You guys looking for free money? That is the place to go. Head over to mybookie.ag and get yours today. Boom, B, what's going on, man? Welcome back to the fray. What's going on, buddy? 
How are we doing? You, man. I, I missed you, dude. Like, it's been a long time. I even called Nick. No, Nick called me. We were talking. I don't know who called who. But eventually, we were like, hey, man, you heard you heard this from Brian, man? How's he doing? And I was like, man, he's got stuff going on after school with the little guys now. I said, school's back in session, and they got stuff going on. So, But it's good to see you back, man. All right. You got to slide to the side. You got to let me see this background that you got. Your backgrounds always mean something. I thought for a second that was supposed to be like the George Kittle, what were they calling it? The Falcon, the Falcon punch. punch. Yeah. So that, that, that's the Eagles pick, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Taking a pick to the Eagles. There you go. So how you been, bro? What's going on with you, man? Week one is over. How you feeling? No, I'm good. I, I'm surprised the shit out of by our fan base because, you know, they're a bunch of raving lunatics thinking that because we lost a single cornerback, our season's over. Um, you know, I know that there's some other injuries and stuff we got to get over, but, you know, the Verrett, as much as I love him, you know, next man up, let's do this. You know, we, we've seen some uh, players that that should be able to step in and it looks like we went out and hunting for some more, right? So, uh, I mean, we feel the void, you know, and I, I understand that, you know, Mostert's out. He's opted to, to quit, you know, be out for the season uh, for the betterment of his health, which, you know, I'm fully for. Um, but we have players who can replace him, you know. So I, I don't see what everybody else is seeing as far as, oh, God, the season's over already. Let's fire Kit Kyle and everything else that's out there in the interwebs right now. It's ridiculous. I'm going to ask you guys a question. I'll start with I'll start with Nick and I'll give it up to you. Have you guys ever seen a team put up over 40 points, the most in the NFL this week, and the fans be so woe as me afterwards? Have you ever seen that? Uh, yeah. The New Orleans Saints when the Niners beat them. They didn't put up 40 points that game, did yeah, they? Yeah, it was 45-43. Oh, shit. <laughs> and I seen that in person right. as we were marching down Bourbon Street. Okay. All right, so that's fair. I mean, I guess so, like, you go toe-to-toe. But see, with them, it was different because they had the lead. They had fourth and two. That game was in the bag. It was theirs. Yep. I, I, don't, I don't know if this is the same. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Uh, Brian, let me, let me get your answer first before I, before I say anything else. Ask me a question again. Sorry. Just have you ever seen a team put up over 40 points and get the win and the crowd, the fans, be so woe as me? No, I have not, never seen that. Yeah, you know, and it maybe happens in other fan bases, but I don't pay attention to other fan bases. So you know, it's like it, it's it's really irritating. I mean, you guys can speak to that because I vented today about the, that very thing. The fans are losing their damn minds over stuff that, you know, yeah, you would have been pissed off if we didn't pull our starters. He pulls the starters. You're pissed off that he did pull the starters because they keep come. They're creeping back in now. People are calling for Kyle's job, and I'm just like, dude's not going anywhere for at least three years. So you guys can forget about that idea, you know, but what you can't make everybody happy all the time. You know, we know that, but it, you know, there should be some, you know, something in the fan base, the loyal, the faithful should be in there being like, you know what we won and yeah, they creep back in, but we creep back in when they're, when we were subbing out our guys who were not starters. Right. So the season is nowhere near over. You know, this is only the beginning and the Eagles are next on the chopping block. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I, I agree with you heavily, man. Uh, we have a contribution here from Freddie Gonzalez. It looks like it's to both of you guys. Brian, Nick, you guys going to be Section 407 versus Green Bay? That's in, that's next week. Not this week, but next week. Yes. That's what they told me. 407, row five. One and two, I think it is, or five and six. One and two. One and two. Oh, right on the edge. You don't have to step over 17 pairs of legs to get to the potty. 
That's great. Yeah. That is awesome. All right, so that's good. Um, and I'm not on the front row where Nick could accidentally throw me off the damn balcony <laughs> when he gets all excited and crazy. <laughs> Let's go. Stand up. That's what we hear from Nick. Let's go. Let's go. All right. All right. Where are you going to go? Um, you know, I, I we're going to victory lane, baby. I could not think of a time that a team put up that many points and then had a negative reaction. I remember um, there was this Peyton Manning game against. Uh, I'm saying Peyton Manning because I can't. I think it was with the Broncos and they played the Cowboys. It was Tony Romo. And those two teams were just going back and back and forth. That, I'm I'm pretty sure both teams scored over 40 in that game, and the the Broncos ended up winning the game. But it was like the team that win says, "Hey, you know what? We overcame our bad defense, or we overcame whatever, whatever." It's good to have that kind of firepower. That just didn't seem to be the case uh, this week with the Niners and the Faithful. So I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, uh, the the dust is settled. The game is over. Uh, we did our overreaction show. So, Nick, I'm going to throw it to you. Uh, you came on with some pretty hard statements. You, you you drew a line in the sand. You planted your feet in it. You poured some cement over it. You were not moving from that stance all game um, or all, all, all show, I should say. Uh, how do you feel now that you've had time to decompress, step back, and relax, and think about the? I don't, have you have you watched the game again? Probably not, but yeah. You, you, oh, you did get a chance to go back and watch it again. Yeah, I haven't gotten all the way through, but I have watched it. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm still, <laughs> I still feel the same way. I still feel that you shouldn't take your starters out. Um, football is a hundred percent injury rate sport. Um, and I still feel the same way and it's kind of torn. I'm kind of torn between it. Uh, not me personally, but fans are kind of torn between it because I was listening to a couple different podcasts where people are like, this is your job. This is what you get paid to do. Some podcasters are saying that same as I'm saying hundred percent injury rate. Like, I, I don't know. Like I I'm just, I'm still to the point where I'm like, You've seen what happened. Like, but don't you see some benefit to getting those backups in there? Like, this is a time – like, I, I know we see it all the time in college ball when they get up way – you know, they're 40 points ahead of their opponent versus, you know, versus some uh, team that's not going to challenge them or whatnot. And then they take their starters out once they have that lead and just let the backups play to gain experience. So, right, with, but you don't have to throw your, back, your starters back in well, when, like, Nick Bosa even sounded aggravated because he's – after his presser is like, I already took all my tape off. Tape off, right? Everything, and you cool down. That's when mother more injuries hurt. Like if you have to throw your starters back in, like we did to win the game. So, like these guys cool down, and then they're not co- like warm anymore. Now this is where they're gonna pull a hamstring. They're gonna pull a muscle. They're gonna, you know, get cramps. Like this is if you're gonna pull them. There should be no damn chance of them coming back. Like, and. But there I, was I, no chance if it weren't for the two turnovers at the end. And that and that's what I think we keep forgetting is that we put ourselves back into the position. The players, the offensive yeah. players, Debo and Kittle, put themselves back into position where they had to put the starters back in on defense. The tape was off like you guys are saying, right? But it has to be because of those turnovers it wasn't the the lead was fine we lost our starting corner our best corner our top five corner imagine if trent williams went down 
Imagine if, you know what I'm saying? Imagine if Jimmy got hurt. Oh, crap, it's Trey Lance ready. Imagine if Ayuk, who people are complaining about not getting enough, what if he pulled his hammy? Because we had to really try to come back, and we were, you know what I'm saying? So without those turnovers, I don't think you see any of that happening. I don't. I really don't think you see any of that happening. Uh, Oh, he showed up. Yeah, he's there. Oh, what up, Don? Oh, 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 oh. Good for him. He's in here. Wow. I love it. Don Bird. I love it. Way to wow. stand your ground, homie. Way to stand your ground. Is he is he typing out apologies to everybody that he cursed out and stuff, or what's he doing? I don't know. Everybody should just like him. I want to know at what point in the game did he actually turn off the, the, the television? Like, what at what point in the game did he say, I can't believe this is happening? At what point in the game was he most disappointed in his team that he was so certain to win? Was it after he said – because he said we were only going to put up, like, 17 points, right? Right. No, I think it was going to be, like, 35-18 or something. Yeah, I think he worked his way up to the 20s by the time the, the game got here, right? But when we had that in the first half, did he say, all right, enough of this? Like, this is, this ain't it. I want to know when he tapped out. Uh, Niner Cali Boy with the $5 contribution. He says, Nick, I'd love to meet you at the game, bro. I'll be in the gold miner section. Oh, you'll be in the gold mine section. All right, yeah, definitely, dude. Let's do it. Halftime, let's do it. Or before, if you're going to be at uh, tailgates, I know I'm going to probably be at either green or blue lot. Probably stop by green lot, see my dude Chuck McCarver. Head over to blue lot, see Miss Debbie. And uh, the 408. So uh, hit me up, man. Shoot me a message, and uh, I'll send you my number, and we'll we'll get up definitely for sure. All right, cool, cool, cool. Um, now there is some more Niner news that came out. We have to discuss, and then we'll try to get to uh, previewing this Eagles game and, and stuff like that, guys. Uh, this is going to be a weird weekend uh, to try to do this because we're on a Wednesday. We're going to try to wrap this up early. I know other shows and all like that, that we support are going on soon. So uh, we're going to try to wrap this thing up at a reasonable time here for you guys. But um, the news from the game. So uh, we've, we found out, we already know that most of it is done for the season. The Niners have signed a couple of different players. Uh, Trenton canner is a canner. Cannon. 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 Trenton cannon, a running back. Uh, yeah. Was signed. We also signed uh, Kenyon uh, Johnson. Carry on Johnson. Carry on. Jesus Christmas. Not crap. Kenyon Drake. Carry yeah. on Johnson. We also signed Carry on Johnson, former Eagle and Lions player, right? But he went to practice squad, which I'm surprised because I think he's the better of the two that we just signed. But what do I know? Uh, let's start there, guys. The 49ers are looking to fill the holes that are going to be left by Raheem Mostert. Uh, what do you guys think of the two running back signs? I think yeah, they just fill the vo- void, really. I mean, because you already got Mitchell, who's going to take over most of Mostert's snaps, probably. You know, Sermon will be back in the mix now that whatever it was is curfew violation or whatever you whatever the team decided was his reason not to play, but he'll be back in the mix. You know, and so between those two and Hasty, I think I think we'll be fine. I think that those other other players they're bringing in because they know Mostert's not coming back. Jeff Wilson's not going to be available until like week eight or nine, maybe, or sometime in late November. Um, and so they brought in those players to make sure that they have t- uh, players on the roster who are going to be able to help them should we come into an issue where we have further injuries to this team in that room. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I was going to say was um, – 
You know, I, w- I want to read this contribution here from Don Burke. It's Detroit versus everybody. Uh, y'all was worried. Facts. And I will tell you with my hand on a stack of Bibles. And yes, I do. I am Christian. Uh, I was never worried. If you guys go back and watch our defensive breakdown of how we thought this game was going to go, this is exactly what I said was going to happen. Even down to me. Ah! Stop it. Captain Savaho over here. My dog, man. Sorry. Um, even down to me saying that Tart and Verrett should be benched in the second half because they're injury prone. Those were my words. I said, we're going to jump out to a big lead. We're going to get to halftime with a dominant lead. We're going to start pulling the reins back a little bit, and we can put in the backup to get some valuable reps. And I, I named Hufunga, Lenora, and Thomas by name. Those guys can get in there, get some reps. This game went exactly how I predicted. Never once thought that this game was going to go in a different way. Uh, that's why I had problems with people saying the blowout the way it was. I said, we'll put up a lot of points, but they're going to come back in it. And it's just a logical thing because – we have been following Kyle Shanahan for long enough. It's not the postseason. We have to know this is how he's going to operate. Postseason, he'll keep his foot on the gas now. I truly, truly believe he will. But regular season, week one, he's not showing all of that. Um, right. Ms. Debbie chimes in. She says, uh, I'll be in the green lot one at poll 20, Nick. So I'll make sure that we get that message to Nick when he gets back. He's getting a woman her meat. Get her meat. Get her meat. Get her. I shouldn't have said that, Ryan. I'm sorry. All right, my bad. <laughs> my bad, bro. Um, were you ever worried, honestly, during this Yeah, game? honestly, when it was about, you know, three minutes left in the game, you know, like I'm sitting on the edge of the couch and my heart's beating faster than it was earlier, you know. So, yeah, that tells me that physiologically no. I was concerned. Not at three minutes. Three minutes? We still we were still up two or three scores. But, no, like uh, whenever we when, – whenever Kittle muffed the – yeah, uh, onside kick, whatever the minute mark was at that. Gotcha. And I saw that and I was like, oh, here we go. You know, and so they came back and I was like, OK, not a big deal. And then, you know, turnover, whatever. It's just like which happened first, uh, the Kittle thing or the Debo thing? I think it was the Kittle thing, right? I thought it was Kittle. I could be wrong, but yeah, I, th- I think it was the Kittle thing. And that's what. So one of the questions that they asked on the overreaction show was which one worried you more? And I said the special teams play because that's where momentum changes. You have a unit that is a mixture of your offensive and defensive players. Now they're all fired up. Now everyone's out there willing to make a play as opposed to if it's an interception or whatever, that's kind of a ISO. You know what I mean? That's one side of the ball, one guy, you know, the secondary maybe might get a little hype with them, but special teams, I just felt like it was a little bit more, but I still wasn't nervous because of how big the lead was, but then you see them go out do what they do. And then Debo, and then I'm like, Oh, Okay. All right, but I still – I always felt that if we needed to score more points, we could have on all sure. I, I always felt that way. So, you know, that, that was my take on it. Um, anything else you want to add to that? Uh, just other reflections on the game. How do you think the, the team looked, the running back, the offensive line, the de- – oh, I'll tell you what. Forget the comeback by the, the – I'm saying the comeback, even though I don't think that's what it was. I think that was controlled chaos, but whatever. Forget that for a second. Sure. What were you most disappointed in? Uh, from the team or, or something that uh, a unit maybe that you thought would have performed better or an uh, individual player, something along those lines. What's something that you uh, expected to go a certain way and it didn't? Um, I actually expected to see a little bit more of Trey mixed in. And I was actually kind of disappointed the way I'm glad that he got his first, like his touchdown on his first pass or whatever. That's, that's fine and dandy. 
But when you have the momentum like that, and Jimmy's worked his way down the field to take him out and then just give the – not give it to him, but allowing the rookie to come in and, and, and finish the red zone drive instead of Garoppolo getting the chance to show that he might be able to do that um, – you know, it was kind of disappointing to see that. Uh, I don't, I don't mind having that, that mix up if they want to go back and forth. I mean, obviously they've been working on it, and we know in the off season that Jimmy talked to Drew Brees about how they did it in New Orleans. Um, so they they were getting comfortable with that, and I think that that'll be something good because then defenses have to plan for both those quarterbacks. I just didn't like the fact that they did it on that first drive like that. The way that it went went down, I didn't. I was disappointed in that. I mean, I'm happy they scored, but disappointed. <laughs> I get that. I got that. Now, little sidebar between me and you. I'm going to make myself full screen and let's see if you can recognize this picture to show you where my mom is. Okay. Let me go. Get out of here. How do I go full screen? Get out of here. (laughs) That's my my favorite place. (laughs) Yes, sir. I dropped her off at the airport very early this morning. Um, Another reason I wanted to do the show early is because I'm I'm exhausted. I am I am beat, dude. I did a full day of work and everything. So I was like, can we please go a little earlier than normal guy? And it's not much early. We usually go at nine, but it is a Wednesday and it's it's our off day. So right. uh, I appreciate you guys making the time. Um, one of the units I was a little disappointed in, man, I'll be honest with you, was the linebackers. Now, I, I need to say this the right way. The linebackers in the run game in okay. the first quarter and a half, they really did make some good adjustments. Now, also we got a nice lead. So they had to kind of go to the run a little bit more, but we usually do this thing where I feel like, and I could be wrong here. I'm no, I'm no statistician, uh, not a strategic mind. You know, I'm not out there. I'm not an offensive coordinator or anything like that, but I, I feel like, or a defensive coordinator for that matter. I feel like they do the wide nine to bait guys, the running backs into certain gaps. And sure. then our, our, our linebackers are so assignment tight that they fill those holes falls quickly. And so, this game, I felt like it was a lot of confusion. Uh, they were able to get a, a, a when I say a big run, a big run to me is like a seven or eight yard run up the middle of the line because in real life, when I'm watching it, it feels like a 20 yard run. Right. It's like, how do they get that far beyond? That's not what we're used to seeing. We're used to seeing a, a nice run for an opposing team up the middle. It's, it's two yards. That's, right. that's how we know. That's what we're used to seeing. But when they're doubling, tripling that on a run up the middle, it, it's it's like, ah, ah, like it's like put it in and twist, you know? Um, I was a little disappointed with that. Now it's week one. Maybe that's something that they work out. But I think the reason I was more disappointed with it is because those were the starters in there. Those were the, those were the guys that were doing that. And I, and I, th- I agree with what you're saying a hundred percent, but I almost kind of don't want to put the blame on the linebacking core. I mean, we got DJ Jones. I know Ken Law's out. But we got straight in street in there who in the preseason seemed like he was figuring shit out, right? And then you're supposed to bring in Kerr, you know, who's supposed to be this run stuffer. And they were just blowing the, the middle of the defensive line up, you know. So I it was kind of that was a little bit disheartening also in the beginning, uh, just to see them when they took off. Now I get it, you know, the first two series, three series, that it's all scripted stuff, right? So I mean, it's gonna go typically to the way of the offense, right? Um but I was I, I can see what you're saying, but I would I personally would put the onus more on the on the tackles, you know, allowing those holes to be open like that. Yeah, uh, defensive tackles, the defense right? Tackles. Yeah, I got. You. Then I would the linebackers because I mean throughout the game, you know, you saw decent plays. I mean, big bigger plays from Greenlaw, from Aziz. You know, Warner was there, but he wasn't killing it. You know, he wasn't being. I mean, I'm not saying he wasn't and being Warner, all I, fred, but 
Didn't I say that, Mike? And then Warner led the team in tackles. Right. But, you know, theoretically, if you're in the middle of the field, you should be. But you, Yeah, you should be. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, deeper, darker there, deeper, darker. Um, but, yeah, so, Nick, I was asking, um, you know, other than the obvious stuff that, you know, you vented about, was after, going back and watching again, was there anything that um, you were a little taken aback by, like just something that didn't go the way you expected it to? And then I'm going to flip it. We'll do something positive, and then we'll get back to the um, updates and Niner news, and then we'll talk about the Eagles. Uh, going back and watching it, um, I was really surprised how many times Zach Kerr was on his ass. Um, I was surprised how much DJ Jones didn't play. Um, I was also surprised DJ Jones only had 39. He had 39 snaps, which is not a lot, right? That speaks to the blowout in my opinion. Eric Armstead had 60. Yeah. Right? So, um, as much as people don't like him, he's really an unsung hero because he doesn't take the accolades, but he's always, not always, 90% of the time he's doing his job and he's in the right spot, you know? But this is where, this is where it got weird for me with DJ Jones, right? Because, um, D Ford had 30 snaps and DJ Jones only had 39. So, you see you're getting gashed. And I understand it goes to uh, it goes to more of a pass defense uh, as the game went along, right? So um, maybe that's why. Um, but, I mean, Dre Greenlaw, 37, but he got hurt. Uh, but those were th- those were two big things. Um, Diamador Lenore, there were a couple balls that if Jared Goff, Jared Goff, yeah, Jared Goff, like, I had to think about that. Jared Goff would have seen. It's weird to see him in that Lions uniform. <laughs> yeah, uh, if Jared Goff would have seen that side, he would have completed some passes on Diamador's side. I mean, he threw one and it was just a bad throw. Where yeah, the Lenore one was yeah beat he was beat he was beat on that one. Yeah, right. Um, that definitely would have been a catch, but there, there was like one or two more where he was definitely beat. Um, Jared Goff just didn't have time to see him. And that's where the pass rush comes in. Right. Um, he didn't get a chance to look over there. Uh, Aziz Alshair. Some positives. You go, you move into the positives now. Oh, uh, you want me to do negatives still? Oh no. I thought when well, you said Aziz, oh, I thought you were moving to the positives. No, no, no. I'm saying, were we just doing negatives? I didn't hear you just say that. So. We got oh god. All right, go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. no, this is a negative right here. Trade Ayuk for a cornerback. No. <laughs> That's about as negative as it gets. That's that, about that, as negative as you can possibly get. That is such a bad take. I don't I, I got I have to find out which podcaster or beat writer started this on Twitter or on their show and why so many people are running with this. This is this is a terrible, terrible take. You guys should be happy. I'm gonna say this one time. I just said this on my spaces. You guys should be happy that Kyle Shanahan is saying the things that he says about the players to put fire under their ass. If if and you should also be happy that no matter where you're drafted, if you're not doing your job and somebody else is doing it better, you have the about team in your mind and you're going with the guy that's playing better right now. So, it doesn't matter where you're drafted. 
stop coddling. We we talk about Kyle Shanahan coddling players, but you as fans are coddling players. So stop. If the kid is doing so, we don't know what's going on behind closed doors. We don't know if he's putting in the work. We don't know how he's doing at practice. We're not there seeing it with our physical eyes. I have enough trust in Kyle Shanahan that he. this isn't the first time he's gotten on receivers' asses. He's gotten on Dante Pettis. He's gotten on Debo Samuel. He's getting on Brandon Ayuk. He's gotten on Raheem Moster. He's gotten on uh, Tevin he's Coleman. Even, he's even like, gotten on Jalen Hurd, who's never played in a real game. Do right. Think that, so, do you so, think that comes from the fact that he is a, a non-NFL drafted wide receiver in college that just couldn't make it because of his talent, and he sees these talented kids that just don't the other thing is follow the rules or like work like, hard. Danny, like Danny Terry just said, maybe he's dropping a lot of balls. He was dropping a lot in preseason. Yeah. He just dropped one in practice today in like just the coach throwing to him. So like if Trent Sherfield came in here, he took the playbook and he studied every single position and he put his, his ass to work, had his wife helping him staying up till two, three in the morning, getting those things. But like this, you should be praising Kyle Shanahan for what he's doing right now because what he's doing is trying to make this team better and put the positions and the players in position to win. If Brandon Ayuk's not doing what he's supposed to be doing, just because he's a first-round pick doesn't mean shit. So stop coddling players. We all yell Finally. Finally. Shanahan. Finally. Like, just because you're a first-round pick – doesn't mean we're going to force feed you and really niner get it get your toy now get off my chair good boy get uh, off my channel niner <laughs> <laughs> he, but yeah no just because you're a first round pick doesn't mean that you have to stay in there and we're going to force feed you the ball if you're not ready whether it be through injury whether it be through practice habits or whatever you're absolutely right nick you're, you're 100 right there I, I just don't understand why all these fans want Kyle Shanahan to coddle people. You you should be happy with what he's doing. And I I can't emphasize this enough. This is his first game coming from a real offseason. Yeah, he's right. never had that before. We don't even know how his body is reacting to what a real full offseason in the NFL is like. Right. And keep in mind, he's nursing a hamstring. Kyle even said there's nothing wrong. You know, I like him and I like Sherfield, you know, and this is this is what my biggest takeaway was with this. Everyone's saying Sherfield's better now. Right. That's not what that means at all. That's not what that means at all. Um, everyone was killing Kendrick Bourne. We need a better wide receiver three. We need a better wide receiver three. Right. We go and we find one in Sherfield. And now they're saying he's wide receiver number one. He's the best guy on the field. Let's trade some of the other guys now. What? Are y'all listening to yourselves? This guy has had four receptions as a 49er. One being an 80-yard touchdown in a preseason game against backups. One being a whip route that was a two-yard touchdown. And one being like an eight-yard catch. Like, he's not better than Ayuk, but we don't know what's going on behind scenes. And maybe Trent Sherfield is just wanting it more right now and putting in the harder work to gain that position, whether he's three or not. It, it just it boggles my mind, man. Like you said, Mike, I, I asked I asked Crocker this the other day. Did did Brandon Ayuk get complacent? And what I meant by that was 
Did he get complacent because there was no offseason last year? He didn't really have a rookie season, as in offseason. He jumped right in. He got pushed into play in the playbook because of injuries. And now he's like, well, I had a 700-yard receiving year last year. They're not going to replace me. I don't need to, you know, didn't put in the work that he should have this offseason or is not putting it in at camp. And he's complacent because he's a first-round pick. And Kyle Shanahan's letting him know, just like he says, and John Lynch says, whenever we have a chance to get better, we're going to do that. And Kyle Shanahan said about Trey Lance and Jim, Jimmy Garoppolo, I'm going to put the best person on the field to win who helps us win games. And that's what Kyle Shanahan is doing right now. Absolutely. Now let's flip to some positives because I want to start here. I want to start with Jimmy Garoppolo. I felt a lot better watching Jimmy Garoppolo out there this week. Um, I've, I I don't know the last time I felt as good of a Jimmy Garoppolo performance as I did there. Um, I don't have any stats in front of me, but I feel like this is the first 300-plus yard game Jimmy has had in a really, really long time. Now, I don't know that. His very last game could have been 300 yards. I don't know, but it felt different. It didn't feel panicked. It didn't feel rushed. You could tell the difference when you have a solid offensive line in front of you. Uh, Alex, well, I don't want to take any positive away from you guys, so I'll shut up there. But Jimmy Garoppolo is definitely one of the players that I said, wow, like, job well done. You played better than what I thought you. I didn't think he was going to go out there and be bad, but he played better than what I thought he was going to play. Right, and I think a part of that is just because it's been so long since we've actually seen him on the field directing the game you know, managing the game um so i think that I, I agree a lot of people are probably had that same thought process that you know he was much better than expected um to me he was exactly what i expected um and that's i believe is probably about as good as you're going to get from jimmy um and if that's good enough to take us all the way to the end then great if not then sprinkling tray in is going to do it put it over the top uh, that's just my take that's been my take since before the draft you guys know that Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, Callie Young with the contribution. We appreciate you, man. He says, uh, Sherfield isn't better than Ayuk, but he's better than Kendrick Bourne. And maybe, maybe he is. You know, um, I don't think you have to sit and watch a full season to say whether or not someone is better than another person. I think he's more physically gifted, that's for sure. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I, I don't have a problem with that statement at all. Um, a lot of times people wait for it to be finished. They wait for the dust to settle. Uh, and then try to compare seasons and stats. But that's not always indicative of how a, a player is better or worse than someone else. You know what I mean? Um, I, I always use GOATs as examples. I always use um, the the uh, Calvin Johnson versus Jerry Rice, right? Jerry Rice is a far better receiver statistically and all that. But who's the more gifted guy? It was Calvin Johnson. Bigger, faster, stronger, da 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 but Jerry Rice was just a better all-around player. It's more than just being big and fast and strong. So, um, you know, you got you got to take it with with, with what it is. Um, stop it. So, let me, I'm gonna I'm yelling at my dog. Let me tell you guys a quick side story, right? So, my wife saw a mouse in the house the other day, and so I put glue boards out because the mice that we have here in this part of the country know how to get food off of a snap trap and not make it snap. So I put glue boards out, but my dog 
has the biggest sympathy bone in his body. It must be attached in his spine somewhere because he tries to get the the, the mice off of the glue board. Did he lick another one off? Yo, he didn't get this one off, but he heard it like I guess squeaking or whatever, and he like he's digging the tr the glue board from behind the boxes where I had it like pushed back, and now like he'll walk to it and start sniffing, and he'll look at me like, "Is he looking at me?" And I'm like, "No, leave it alone." So he's he's trying to <laughs> save another one again. I don't know what this dog's problem is. He, he's he's kind to everybody, man, but you know it, it is what it is. Um, got any other positives from the game? So then we'll, and then we'll keep this thing moving here. Yeah, I mean, I'm just gonna touch on the Jimmy Garoppolo thing right now. Jimmy Garoppolo played his best game since 2019 and I'm going to give you what game it was the New Orleans Saints game and guess what that was the last game that Weston Richburg played in huh. the last game that Weston Richburg played in was the New Orleans Saints game he got hurt in the third quarter and Jimmy Garoppolo was never the same after that and that's going through the playoffs and everything that's wow. where we started running the football more, taking over with the run game completely to where we go into a divisional game and Jimmy Garoppolo only throws eight passes. Go to Green Bay, well, play Green Bay at home, destroy him on the run. That, that This is 100% taking a lot of pressure off of Jimmy Garoppolo with an experienced center who can recognize and notice protections and call out the mic. And I was just on a spaces and somebody said, did you hear the Cam Newton interview where he says 30 out of 32 quarterbacks in the NFL don't call out who the mic is. It's the center that does. So we went into that season last year with a shit offensive line. A person who never played center a day in their life was the starting center in Daniel Brunskill. God praise him for doing it. But... If you look back and you look at Jimmy's tenure, 2017, he had Weston Richburg. 2018, he got injured. Weston Richburg was out in 2018. Weston Richburg came back 2019, got hurt in, what was that, week 10, I think it was, that we played. Um, New Orleans, week 11. Yeah, it was one of those. A little bit later. 12 or 13 or something like that. But yeah, yeah, it was somewhere in there, right? Jimmy was playing well, right? We were, We were what? 10 and one going into that game, I think, or 10, 10 and two. Something like that. I don't, I don't know. What Something exactly. like that. But either way, now you see Jimmy, you saw Jimmy in this game. Pocket presence was better. The ability to throw the football away was better The not the knowing where the mic was and not making the, the bad decisions in the middle of the field, throwing to a linebacker was better. He had more time to throw. And he also audibled and changed plays at the line of scrimmage. And that's why Tony was pounding the table saying, we got to go get Alex Mack this offseason. That's why he said that, that one player, the most important thing was for us to go out and get an experienced center that was going to be able to help the quarterback, whoever it is, right. identify these defenses, and they can think fast. It's one less thing for them to worry about. But that one less thing is – two seconds of, of a snap it's it's huge identifying the defense so it, it's really good the um let me shut up now give it back to brian for your positives no i think we pretty much wrapped them up i mean i talked about it a little bit but you know obviously with the o-line we saw that just like nick was saying with uh with mac 
you know, I think that's uh, for me, like the draft, I was really hoping we'd have brought in a, you know, a center. That's why I really wanted Landon Dickerson or Creed Humphrey to get be the selection in the second versus Aaron Banks. Um, just because I thought that having a center behind to learn from Mac for the, the duration of whatever he decides to stay with the 49ers um, would have been more beneficial, but that's not the way they went. Uh, but we're, we are automatically seeing the immediate benefits of having uh, a center that fits into Kyle's system uh, and able to go out there and recognize the things that the center that, you know, what our quarterbacks need them to recognize in order to make them uh, more efficient and effective at their position. Um, so we saw that and I, and you know, I'm all, I would, it was great. I'm tired of people like this see- comment. Like, oh. I'm sorry, but th- th- this comment that says we need to chill on Jimmy because it was the Detroit Lions and they have the worst, you know, basically the worst defense. No, they don't. They're saying that because they allowed the most points this, this last week. That's why they're saying it's the worst defense. And yeah, when Jimmy has a bad game, we are going to cry and, and complain about it, as we do with every player that has a bad game, even after a win. So Sergeant Meow must be a Pettis fan anyway, cats. Right. But you guys are going to laugh at me at this too, but the addition of Alex Mack doesn't just make Jimmy Garoppolo better. I think it makes the entire offensive line better, and I think it's going to help Mike McGlinchey as well. Mm -hmm. And the reason I say this, and I said this on my spaces, is people may think I'm crazy, but I think the addition of Mack helps Mike McGlinchey this year. Uh, And because of that is because of protections. We've heard – Trent Williams go out on the edge and basically say, it wasn't my fault the protections weren't right pretty much, right? Like, it wasn't my fault that happened. Like, so these, if these protections are called out right, look, Brunskill could have been calling out the wrong protections. And we've seen guys getting destroyed. Even Trent Williams, where he was like, remember the one play where Mike Williams, like when Trent Williams went the opposite way and the dude came inside and he was like, and then he was like, I, I can't help if the protections aren't right. He said something like that. Like he was, and then you were like, he's calling somebody out. And I was like, I don't think he's calling somebody out, but now you look back and you hear Kyle Shanahan and you heard Alex Mack when he got brought on with his first interview is he said how much this offense goes through the center. He said Kyle Shanahan's offense runs through the center. And we didn't really know that. So th- this is this is where we need to be uh, understanding is that a center is the quarterback of the offensive line. He's going to make each person that's to his left and to his right better. So definitely uh, – Definitely a big addition to this team, and um, it, it's just—I'm just super stoked to see how we go going forward offensively. Because I think the addition of Mac is going to help this entire offensive line as well as Jimmy Garoppolo. We had—I—I uh, I also wanted to give some praise to the right side of the offensive line. Uh, I thought those boys played a phenomenal game. Uh, Mike McGlinchey. And um, help me out here. Oh, my God. What did you I, – I couldn't hear the what guard. you said. Who was the guard next to Mike McGlinchey? Why? Ben Garland. Yes. Like, I thought those boys had a really, really, really solid game. Um, I was never pounding the table saying, what are you doing? I can't Oh, you're it. talking about today, this last game. 
Yeah. Daniel Brunskill. 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 Yeah. yeah. Like I, I thought they had. That's what we said, isn't it? Oh no, no I said Garland. Garland. I thought you were yeah. talking about before. Yeah. 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 So no. Uh, Brunskill. Like these guys looked good out there. Uh, I was very, very happy with them. Uh, someone said that uh, PFF gave Mike McGlinchey the second lowest rating on the yeah. entire team. <laughs> what? What? All right, it's cool. Um, so this right here, obviously the three of us don't know, and everybody in the chat doesn't know, but Kyle has made the decision that Jimmy gives this team the best chance to win now. There's no reason to throw it away so that, and I'm not saying that Trey can't be great. I'm just saying there's no reason to just throw Jimmy away so that you can put in number three and we end the season eight and nine. I, this goes back to what we all said. Well, I, Brian, I know for sure you were on it. Um, we talked about it a lot during the offseason after we traded up. Talked about it more after they selected the guy. We said that he won't get in until he's ready. That's it. It's that simple. That is it's, exactly. I know it sounds like coded BS and you're tiptoeing around the issue. It's not a tiptoe at all. He won't play until he's ready. Period. And Oh, sorry. Finish. Sorry. No, no, period. That was it. I'm done. This right here needs to stop. That man needs to go take care of what's going on with him. He will be back to football when he's ready to be back to football. And right now we've already got two cornerbacks. So unless you're going to move him to safety, um, there's no reason to bring Sherm back right now. And Mike, from my opinion. I don't want to bring him back ever. So well, I, you guys know my take on that. I didn't, I think he should have been gone two years ago because he definitely lost a step. But, um, it is what it is. You see a lot of news out there, a lot of media, social media, you know, a lot of grants out there, you know, <laughs> saying that they should do things like that. And it's just – it's not going to be beneficial to him to jump back into the game right now, I don't think. I think he's got some stuff he needs to take care of. And, uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir, I agree. All right, so let's go over the injury update that we got from head coach Kyle Shanahan today. Uh, a couple of players missed practice today. Uh, we can go with – uh, do we do we want to do that? I thought we had one that said injuries, but um, we'll stick with this one for now. Let's see if I can find one that says injuries in particular. Um, but we have uh, let's start with the corner position. Mosley is missing another game, another practice due to his knee. Um, and so, what are we doing, guys? What, what I didn't see the report of who started at uh, corner today. I don't know if it was revealed. I did. Who was it? Who's, oh, I didn't see it for at practice, but I saw a mention of who was going to be the starting cornerback for this week. Already? Yeah. Who? Lenore. Well, we know that uh, we knew that on one side, yeah, but on the other side, I'm wondering. Oh. I I have no idea. Well, I assume be. it's going to be Norman. No, I think Mosley's going to play. Well, he better uh, get healed up then. <laughs> because of what Kyle Shanahan said today, he said I didn't see the presser today. He said uh, Mosley's going to sit out again today just due to travel because he it's still he was supposed to go today, but we're giving him another day of break. See how it, how how it ends up tomorrow, and we'll go from there. But I'm still hopeful that he'll play this week, like get in this week for practice and play. Because he said he thought that he could have went last week, but with the travel and everything, it kind of swelled up and gave him inflammation, um, which is true. I mean, when you go altitude. It, it 
things are going to swell up. I get cankles when I, when I fly, not really, but, <laughs> <just joking. laughs> but, uh, but no, I think, I think Mosley has a really good chance to play. And I think, I think uh, Kyle Shanahan is going to keep it quiet all the way till the end. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens. I don't know. Uh, he, he is obviously not showing his hand about who's starting where um, he's been doing that since forever. Uh, so we're, we're going to have to see what happens there. Uh, another big injury, uh, another player not practicing again is Javon Kinlaw. Um, someone who I think. The Niners been... <laughs> no, I know. I know what you're doing. Um, another guy that the, the Niners are clearly going to need in the run game uh, in the middle of that, uh, the middle of the field. Uh, Kinlaw next to DJ Jones will really, really help the running up the middle. Um, what are your guys' thoughts on that? Is, are you guys getting concerned, or do you think that this is just you know regular maintenance and he'll be in there eventually? I think that he'll be in there eventually. I think. I mean, he's think about think about the size of that man, right? In order for your body to be able to carry the weight that he does, um, you know, you're going to need some days. You know, and if he's recovering from an injury, it might take him a little longer than um, than someone else on the team. I'm not overly concerned. I think that he will be back. Um, I don't know if it'll be this week, but I don't think it's going to be a long, you know, we're not going to see, you know, half the season without him. I think he'll be back week three, probably. Okay. Nick, your thoughts? Um, I don't think you rushed Kinlaw back right now, to be honest with you. I think week three through five, is going to be really important. Um, you have two divisional games in there and an NFC competitor. I don't care what Green Bay did in the first week. It's the first week. I'm still not counting Green Bay out because um, there's a lot of shit that happens the first week of football. Um, Javon Kinlaw is a very important piece to this this defense. And uh, I understand that the Eagles are going to give us some trouble, but we wouldn't be rushing him right now. If Jason Brett didn't get hurt, the same thing with Mosley, right? Um, guys, we also have to have faith. Look, Diameter Lord Lenore is out there. Even if you get a, even if you get a Josh Norman at sixty percent, he's better than a Brian Allen. So Everybody, like Nick, you could play better than Brian Allen. Come on, man. Nah, I, I definitely can't play corner well. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know that's what that. I'm saying, but, <laughs> um, I, 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 um, I think that they can change things up with, if Javon doesn't play this week, I, I look Mike. I told you before, I'm worried about, I'm worried about Javon Kinlaw and these, this knee. I, I'm really worried about it. Not just for now, but for his future as well. I, I just don't, we've heard this before with, with, Kyle Shanahan saying about um, D Ford's knee and then it became a back and everything else. So I'm just, I, I'm worried about Javon Kinlaw, but I, I would think that you keep him out until at least week three, uh, week four if possible. So I don't know. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that, um, his first contract, he's probably going to be, you know, a 14, 15 game player every year, probably just because he's a big man. But I think the the longevity of his career 
is going to be in the tank. Like he's going to be maybe a two contract guy just because he's a massive dude, you know, and trying to, his body's not going to be able to handle the wear and tear of the NFL for 20 years or 15 years or even 10 years. I don't think. <laughs> Somebody said Tom Compton is better than Brian Allen. Oh, he didn't yeah. see him. I put it up there. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, uh, picture perfect. 49ers says, uh, bros, what are your thoughts on Samson playing inside? Uh, we'll get to that in one second. We can leave the comment up there. Let's just run through the rest of these injuries with other players who did not practice and then those who were limited. Uh, other players who did not practice was uh, Dre Greenlaw. He has the groin injury. Uh, we also had Eric Armstead with the abductor. That's the, the thigh muscle. Uh, he did not practice. And then limited today were D. Ford and Marcel Harris. Uh, any of those injuries concern you or anyone on that list you think may not be available on Sunday? Uh, no. Dre Greenlow, possibly. Um, Eric Armstead. Kyle Shanahan said he doesn't think it's going to be something that keeps him out, but he's not 100% sure. Um, but Dre Greenlaw and Marcel Harris, I'm worried about because we need another linebacker up. So you you can't go in the game with Flanagan Foles because he's a he's a Mike linebacker, right? So Flanagan Foles is Warner's backup. Who's gonna play the will? Is Aziz gonna play the will? Who, who are you going to put at Sam? There's no other linebackers on the roster, right? It's just Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, Marcel Harris, Aziz Altair. And you got Flanagan uh, Bolton. They could elevate from the practice squad. Not that I would, but I'm just saying that's another option that's there. But, yeah, it's the five of them. That's all they've got. Right. So two of them out, and then you don't even have a guy that can play Will. I don't know if Aziz can play Will. Yeah, I th yeah, I think he can. I, I think they'll move him where they wherever they need him to go. I think he seems to be the the switchblade linebacker right now, um, Aziz. So I'm I'm not I'm not too worried about the, the linebacker. Right, and and to be fair, I mean, not that I think that they would do it, but um, they could always pull, you know, like Maiden back up. I mean, because they've had safeties that that pull down and play that Will position as well, right? So I mean, that, that's another option. Is to to feed the feed it feed the linebacker core from the safety you know room, depending on what the situation is and how they feel. Yes, I sir. personally, I would have liked them to keep. They should have held on to Hilliard. That's my personal opinion. But. Mm -hmm. Yeah, where where did he go to college at? Who Hilliard? Yeah, I don't know. The Ohio State. I figured you were going to say that. <laughs> just just so just so. But you know what? He didn't go to Oregon, and Oregon beat the Ohio State this last weekend. All right. Y'all did. <laughs> oh. um, <Y> did. <laughs> let's get your guys' thoughts on uh, Samson playing inside. Um, he, he was all over the place. I saw him on special teams. I saw this guy outside, inside. Yo, my um, man almost took a handoff, bro, and didn't even realize what was going on. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Talk about quick off the line, man. He was he was there, man. He was he was doing it. He was getting skinny and getting between guys. I I, I like what he was doing. Um, Didn't he do you know, some of that? I mean, quite a bit of that in L.A., right? Yeah, but from the linebacker, yeah, absolutely. So 
Uh, I, I like what I saw from him. Um, seems like it's a we're getting our our money's worth based off of his contract and the different positions that he's playing. Uh, I think a lot of people thought he was just coming in here to play in one position, and he's showing that no, I'm, I'm a versatile piece, and I want to do. I want. He said it. I want to be used however they want to use me. Like whatever they ask us ask of me, I'm going to do that. Right. And he, he's living up to it. He's living up to it. So that's really really good. That tells me that he can be. Um, you know, if this injury to Armstead lingers, then he's someone that can kind of play that role that Armstead does with inside and outside and providing a little bit of depth wherever we need it. So it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. All right, but guys, so we talked about by land. Now it's by air. We're going to the Eagles, guys. Um, I went back and I watched this Eagles game a couple of times. Um, and I have this whole list of notes here to discuss. Now, last time we did a show where we just talked about the offense. Then we did one where we just talked about the defense. But this week is a little weird. Uh, so let's just talk about it all here. Um, first, the Eagles put up over 30 points. Uh, for the first time in a long time. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on the Eagles and their new quarterback? I'm saying new, but uh, Jalen Hurts. Uh, I saw a tweet today. People are always trying to tear down other players. It said Jalen Hurts has more 300 passing yard games, too, in his five NFL starts than Lamar Jackson has in his 38. One. And I just, I'm like, why do we feel the need to do this to people? I mean. Did it come from an Eagles fan? No, it was uh, it was someone with a check mark. Oh. I, I don't remember who it was. Well, I mean, like what we saw this last weekend from them, you have to take into consideration who their opponent was. I mean, I'm sorry, but I'm not overly impressed with Atlanta's defense, and I think that we are at least at a minimum, our defensive line is going to make Hertz have to do things that he didn't have to do last week for sure. Right. Uh, just because of the pressure that should be coming his way. And so, you know, and, and, and just like what John Lynch told Josh Norman, you know, our defensive line is going to make you look better regardless of what your current condition is. Right. So, you know, and, and we've talked about that over the last year that I've been on the show that our front makes our secondary look better than they are sometimes because yeah. they put so much pressure on the quarterback and the quarterback ends up throwing errant, making errant passes. Um, unfortunately, our secondary is not great at intercepting those errant passes, but um, I think that what you're going to end up seeing is Jalen Hurts is going to have to do a lot more scrambling this week. Okay. Now he, I, so um, let me see here. Do we do we want to before we really really dive in? Do we want to go over anything from the pressers? Anything stick out to you guys? Well, you'd have to. Yeah, I didn't watch them. So, um, I the, my notes on Kyle really quick was he used very specific words when discussing Mostert's elected surgery. Um, Kyle has a very basic ringtone. Does he does he lose swag points for that? Um, what do we? That make wasn't of his that? phone. I know that, but oh, but he, he said that? he had the same ringtone. Yeah, that's right. Um. What do we make of his comments on Ayuk and um, benefits of Lance running the scout team? Those are my uh, questions to you guys from the Kyle uh, presser. Well, so we talked earlier, Mike, and you know, one thing about one thing about having Trey Lance here, uh, Kyle Shanahan addressed was. 
when Nick Mullins and CJ Beth were here to prepare for mobile quarterbacks, they would bring CJ Beathard and Nick Mullins in to do the passing plays. And then they would bring in Richie James to do the running plays. And the team knew when it was going to be a run because of who was in at the times. Now what will benefit them is, is that Trey can do everything. So they won't know if it's a run, if it's a RPO, if it's a run, if it's a pass or if it's a handoff. Right. So this could have been a reason to why we didn't prepare and we had issues with um, mobile quarterbacks because we already knew that once Richie James went in there, you know, they may have practiced it well because they knew it was going to be, you know, they were, they were zoning in on the run, right. Or keeping the, the present open. So I think that was kind of telling right there. I think that was kind of a, a good like uh, pinpoint of uh, what will be to come, I guess you could say. Um, and we'll see how how it helps this defense build against uh, mobile quarterbacks because I think it's going to help a Trey Lance because he gets to run RPOs and things like that on on the scout team as well and gets like eighty percent of the snaps too during game preparation when we go up against mobile quarterbacks and think about it we have four mobile quarterbacks pretty much I know Aaron Rodgers isn't fast like the other ones, but he's mobile. He can get outside the pocket and do things, right? So you have Jalen Hurts, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray. Think of how many snaps Trey Lance is going to get at practice the next four weeks. You're on mute, I think. There you go. All right. They said that the backup typically takes eighty the 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 uh, practice team reps anyway, so – uh, they said he Kyle said about 80% of them, and then you got to sprinkle them in with some of our stuff just so he's prepared, um, right? But I'm saying, I'm, I'm, I'm saying in saying general, general, think about how many RPOs and stuff he can run at practice to where that helps him more to where he's not being a, a mo, like a, a precision pocket passer, I guess you could say, right? Yeah, change your mic, Mike, because we got echo from Nick. Yeah, so check, check, so? check. No. Okay. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. I do have a fan on in the background, so it might be affecting it a little bit. Um, so, you know, I I like what Kyle was saying about the 80% of the snaps. The thing that I like the most, though, is Kyle said that they'll take the card of what a play the Eagles ran, and he tries to call it as a play from his system as close as possible, like to one of our plays. So that way Trey is still getting the familiarity of what our playbook is. He doesn't have to worry about – running what it is exactly that they're running, run our version of what that play is. And so he's just getting more and more into our, uh, our book. I really like that. So um, that was one of the things that I liked a ton uh, from Kyle Shanahan. Um, again, uh, I don't know if there's anything you want to add on that, Brian. Um, no, and, like I said, I didn't watch the presser, so I'm, I'm learning as you guys are talking about it right now. Well, what, so he – and the, he started off talking about the um, he started off talking about how here let me move my microphone I'm still seeing people typing echo um, he he started off talking about Mostert's injury how he thought it was only eight weeks and then uh, he said after talking with a couple of other doctors uh, there was an option for a surgery that would take him out for the rest of the year and that's what he decided to do right uh, well, he, he said we. But he did. 
I don't I don't know if I want to do this or not. But what what do you, what are your thoughts on that? When when the team doctor says one thing, and that was a diagnosis that Kyle was given eight weeks, um, and then you hear that Moser went looking for other options and opinions, which he should. It's his body, right? absolutely. Um, but I, I don't know. You hear well, Kyle say that we we elected to do a different one that's going to take him out for the rest of the season. Right. So you have to understand, and, and I'm sure Nick would attest to this if he was sitting here, just because we both have the medical background. But it was when they use the language that says, you know, that he has knee cartilage injury or or a, a tear, right? Chip knee. A chip, right. A, ch- a chip to the cartilage. So, um, and, but they didn't say meniscus specifically. So you've got, you know, your femur comes down and you've got your uh, tibia that's coming up from your, your shin bone, right? And where those two meet, you have that cushion in the middle that's your meniscus. But on both of these bones, there are, you know, striations of cartilage that is part of that cushion. So if you have a complete or a partial tear of that, um, you can't, it's not as simple as a meniscal injury that can heal. You know, if you want it to be long-term fix, you're going to have to have the surgery done at some point in time. And so um, I, I can't, I hate to speculate, but I would venture to guess that based on the information that was put out on social media that his family had to deal with, probably played a lot into what Mostert decided to do as far as his long-term health and this organization, you know, and this fan base. And and so I, I don't know that. I'm just speculating again. But if I was in his shoes and I had an injury and people were coming at me like that, I would have been... I'm out. See ya. You know, I'm going to go take yeah. care of me and then I'm going to go take care of me somewhere else after this season. And as a player, it's one thing if, if people start talking to you, we've seen other players go dark on social media because they get injured and the fans get after them. They went to his wife's DM. Right. That's way different. Like I, I, I'm, not, I'm not a player for a reason. I'd be looking for people. I, I, I'd be all right. I'll be at the game. I'll see you there. Right. <laughs> no, I get you. I get what you're saying. I'm just saying no. I, I can't say that that's what happened, but that's what I would speculate probably happened. Was like, yeah, I'm going to be a team player. This is going to be, I'll be out for half the season while I get those heels or whatever. And then this other boot kind of dropped in his personal life. And I think he he went out and found someone who was more about what he, um, that's all we can do is speculate, man, because that's, we don't have well, that's what I was gonna say. information. What, what kind of show would we have if we didn't speculate? So right. you only want a reaction show? Right. Is that it? Sorry, if we have to present facts only, this is going to be like five minutes and we're out. (laughs) Yeah, so we we can't say how we think a game is going to go. We can't say what players we think are going to be. Like, stop it, stop it, stop it. Guys, let me ask you this, because I don't think anybody's even taken notice to this. Is this knee injury from Raheem Moser from last year? Is it this? You say, is it the same? Yeah. Because you know, in training camp and practice and preseason, he was wearing a brace on his right knee. So, is it something that was bothering him to where, and then bang, it just the the chip just came off and is floating? We're not allowed to speculate anymore, so I don't know. Well, like I, I, like I was talking about earlier, we don't. They can say they can use layman terms like chip knee, whatever. You know, I don't. I don't. I don't like speculating in the medical world because I work there. Yeah, but I'm saying a chip, a chip in the knee 
is a piece right. of the cartilage breaks off and is floating around in your. I, under, I understand. Yeah, and it could be, you know, osteo or bone material as well. Um, could be. Yeah. They didn't say that. They said specifically cartilage, um, and that may be causing pain, but it doesn't. It depending on a, a player or a person, excuse me, not a player, going back to just people in general, human body. Um, if your pain tolerance is high enough, you can function with that. But at their level, at elite level, you know, I, that's not going to, like I said, it's not going to go away without surgery. Um, and so I think that he probably did what's in the best interest of him long-term. You know, he has, we know it's been documented and documented that he's been through several teams. He came to us, he fits this system. He blew up. It, it worked for him. I think he's going to go try to find another place that he fits into a system other than San Francisco after the way he's been treated. That's just my two cents, my guess. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I'm with you 100%. I mean, look uh, at look at in 19, you know, he didn't get to be the starter because we had Coleman here, right? And that's just that's just the process of taking the first snap of the game, but they wouldn't give it to him even though he was the guy putting up the yardage. If I was treated that way for my time at a team, I – I'd be looking for a way out too. I mean, he's obviously doesn't feel like he's getting the respect he deserves. And then when he was declared the starter, he didn't have any guarantees. So he asked for them to restructure his contract, not new money. And fans killed him for that. What, what, like he's got to take care of his family. So, you know, it's, it's just weird, like watching how people react and what they say. Um, you know, we have a couple contributions. Master Sith said that the other, Running back looked good. Cheers to him. He's talking about Mitchell. I thought you guys were going to say something about Mitchell uh, when I was asking for other positives from the game. I, I didn't even get to do any of the positives. We just jumped right to the Eagles. So I just followed your positive and Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, but Mitchell Mitchell did play well. Uh, I liked what I saw from him. Um, you know, it is it is what it is. I, I, I really like him. So uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what else he can bring to the table. It's going to be good. He's um, my guy first, just so you know. What does that mean? Elijah Mitchell. I've been on his ass for a while. Well, I mean, we'll have to see what happens because he's still uh, – Hey, I don't need Crow if he's not, but I'm just saying he's been my guy. He's uh, – I, I still think that, um, you know, there, there's a lot of room for growth for all these guys. They're rookies. Yeah, so there's a lot they're, of they're – they're, they're, they're not finished products. I can't wait to see how it all plays out. He, he did have a, a really good game, though, uh, Master Sith. Moster's going to sign with Seattle. Nah, they don't run that kind of system. He, he wouldn't do well. Then. Yeah, they do. All right. This year they are. They got uh, whatchamacallit, who came from the uh, from the Mike Shanahan tree, their offensive coordinator. Yeah, the passing game coordinator. No, their new offensive coordinator. Was the passing game coordinator for the Rams. Yes. Not the run game coordinator. Oh, yeah. He, he's now their offensive coordinator. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, Callie Young says, Nick, remember Mostert looked great in that final preseason game versus the Raiders. Radio didn't look hurt to me. So I don't know. I never, I went back and watched. I didn't see any, anything that like stood out as far as, you know, what was happening. He was averaging 10 yards a carry. He was on the field for a couple more snaps. Then he was just on the sideline without his helmet. So I, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I don't think he was. Happened. It could be something that was lingering. I don't, I don't think know. he was hurt, but I think he, with him wearing the brace, he might've had a knee sore, like sore knee. And something happened to where it just the piece chipped off because of it. I'm not saying he was hurt at the time, Callie. All right. So uh, those were my 
those are my things from um th- oh wait really quick just a quick yes or no does kyle use lose swag points for that corny ass ringtone it's the basic basic ringtone no. like no he shouldn't have a, a customized ringtone bro no is your is your is yours a standard one uh i don't know if it's standard depends on who's calling <laughs> Right, I have different ringtones. For no, I don't have different call. ringtones for everybody. No. Oh, I, I have one for my wife. I, I can I, do I, all I that. Know it. Yeah. Why you need to know exactly if your wife's calling you or not? Because I ignore other people if I'm in the middle of a show or from working or whatever. Just the wife, I'm like, oh shit, let me make sure I hurry up and call her back. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got, I have a ringtone for my babysitter because it could be an emergency. Like, I, I set mine up that way. Um, what about you, Brian? You use the standard ringtone. For the most part, yeah. Um, but for me, I don't give a shit if he wears Timberlands or what. I don't care about his Yeezys. I don't care about any of that shit. His swag can go out. He could be the most Harbaugh guy you've ever seen in your life. He's still going to be the coach of the 49ers, and I'm going to support him 100%. I don't care about all the other crap. Yeah, I no, do have different cares. text tones, though. No, Nobody really cares about it. Text tones, see, now that's different. That's different. Yeah, so that I know, like, so if I'm – like I have my headphones on or whatever. I know if it's a standard text from somebody that I don't usually talk to or somebody that I talk to occasionally, it's different ring to uh, text tones for them so that I know that I, I need to look at my phone or not right away. Got you. Now Hightower also had something. I got a couple of notes here. City praised the lines, the special teams units that they were top five in a lot of different categories last year, last year. And that suggested that Ambry Thomas is better than what that one game showed. And uh, he made it sound like Ambry Thomas is going to improve uh, much more as the season goes on as a gunner and as a return man. And obviously as a corner, uh, he said that gold missed the kick uh, in the game. That was the one where he slipped and fell and then got up and really tried it and he missed it. Uh, and he said then he, he, he didn't say he redeemed himself, but uh, it's not often that you get a chance to kick from the same exact spot later in the game. And he was successful with it. So, uh, he kind of like praised Robbie Gold there. He was defending him and things like that. Uh, okay. And then um, he was t- he asked the question, I'm going to ask you guys. Uh, do you guys have banana balls or do you guys have balls that go up and then come down? You like that, right? You, you no, see the video like clip I made of all. it? I didn't like that at all. Bro. What? <laughs> you didn't see the video clip I made of it and sent in the group chat? No, I saw it. I saw it, but I'm just saying, man, I thought that was wild as hell. Like, it's just uh, some guys kick banana balls. Yeah, and then he was like, and some guys have balls that go up and down <laughs> and come right back down. I was like, I got to cut right. that little section out, and I'm going to use that shit. I, I heard you. I, I, I listened to the clip, but I didn't know that, that what it was referring to because I, I didn't watch the. Yeah, he was, talking about, he was talking about kickoffs. He said kickoffs yeah. are easier to to catch because they go head over head or toe over toe whatever he said right and, and uh then he was talking about punters he's like if you have a left foot punter you know go left if you have a right foot punter go this way some kick banana balls and some kick balls that go straight up and some go so is down. is a banana ball like a hook or a slice is that what they're trying yeah, to say yeah. it's a ball okay, that so you got seen robbie gold do that corner kicks yeah so yeah. I, I just thought it was funny him breaking it all down yeah, you um, gotta play the clip on here. I don't I don't have it. Oh, you mean the one that you put in the room? Yeah. Uh because I don't see. think people seen it. I think I still have that. Hold on. I sent it to it. your text though. Yeah, you sent it to the whole group or just me? No, here it is. I got it. Hold on. Let the me whole see. group. 
Let me turn my volume up. Let's see if this does it. Uh, music. Here we go. Let's see. Let's see if you guys can hear this. Yeah, balls that go up and drop and fall down. Yeah, balls that go up and drop and come down. <laughs> oh, man. That was that, so funny. That's funny. That is funny. Uh, yeah, um, John VMS Debbie, you're right. These guys aren't just fantasy people for your team. They are they are humans and they have families and this is their way of living. You know what I'm saying? Imagine imagine if like what we did at work got publicly scrutinized by thousands of people. Can you imagine that? I couldn't yeah, imagine. That, that would be nuts. I, I don't know how I would deal with that. Um, so that's that those are my biggest takeaways from the pressers. I, I'm not gonna get into Jimmy Garoppolo and uh Fred Warner. Um unless you guys have a takeaway and I don't think you guys do, we can start talking about these Eagles and try to, and try to run through this really quick. All right. Um, so let me pull up my Eagles notes here. Sorry. Uh, so I watched the game a couple of times and this is what I, this is what I have here. Um, Eagles on offense, uh, got to watch for rub routes. Um, and I said that, uh, they, so they, they run like pick plays, which are illegal, but rub routes aren't. So you kind of run across and interfere with the, <laughs> Defender getting there, you know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> all right, Big Matt, he's got a point there. Um, yeah, but Brian Allen has a family, but we didn't we didn't talk about death threats and right. We just told him he didn't need to be on the field anymore. Yeah, that's different. Like you can you can crack on somebody's play, but when you tell somebody that they need to go you, kill themselves, you or? message a wife and say they need to kill himself, like that's way out of line. Like yeah. Brian Allen was bad and Akella Witherspoon got killed for it. So Brian Allen's fine and his family. I mean, that's just Mike that's, always that's gonna happened. bring up Akella. Always got to dude, he's not he's two teams removed from us now. Stop. I'm defending <laughs> the Brian Allen thing and that no one messed with his family. That's what I'm saying. I figured you were gonna come in here with the oh, we're trading the Steelers to get Willow back. <laughs> I got about two minutes. No, sir. No, sir. Um, so, yeah. So, th this is my little breakdown. I'll read to you guys what I have here. I'm just going to read them. I have offense, defense. Actually, I, I didn't realize I took this many notes as I did. Uh, I have offense. Got to watch for rub routes. Our rookie corners uh, won't deal with this the best. Philly does a lot. Does this a lot. Uh, wide receivers don't do well against contested catches. That's kind of common, right? But all first half, every catch was in ample space or incomplete. All right? Uh, the offense quickly resorts to pick plays and screens, rub routes. Running backs need the smallest of holes for an opportunity, especially Sanders. More dangerous than Sweat and Williams, in my opinion. I don't recall a single catch by their wide receivers where the front of the jersey wasn't facing the quarterback. Make of it what you will. So that was my assessment of the Eagles' offense. Um, where, what does that? If you when you hear those kind of things, what does that mean to you? I mean, to me, it sounds like it puts us in a very good position, Mike. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not yeah. trying to boost your ego or anything, but when you write something that sounds like that, where, you know, they're making plays, but their plays aren't perfect. It's going to be much harder when you've got Bosa and Ford and Ibukam and whomever else they decide to send at your ass. Um, you know, you're going to be scrambling. So, you know, we'll see. I mean, I can't, you know, obviously I'm no Nostradamus over here and, I, obviously, the chat knows I'm wrong more than I'm right, but um, I just I, I foresee that this is going to be just another. I think that's going to end up being another lopsided game, but we'll see. 
Yeah, uh, the, the one thing that really, really stood out to me was that the fact that the receivers had to turn to him to catch the ball. There was nothing where he was leading them, t- catching the ball in momentum, no, no uh, back shoulder throws or anything like that. They had to, like, comebacks, you know, like I said, pick routes, short stuff behind the line of scrimmage where they snap the ball and the receiver moves laterally and then turns for the ball so the convoy can get ahead of them and block and things like that. Um, that's not going to bode well. For them against us in this game at least right, i don't right. think it will i don't think it will now if we're out there with thomas and lenore maybe because they're rookies they have to learn how to shed the the tap the blockers and get there and i think that could present a little bit of a problem but if we put some veterans in there uh i think that's where a guy like norman could help the niners or even a dante johnson could help the niners they kind of know how to get the you know what i'm saying they kind of know how to move off of those kind of pick plays and at least stay in position to at least slow them down if they don't make the tackle. Where I can see rookies getting frustrated and turning their backs and trying to run and create a new angle to the ball carrier. Uh, so that's one thing that I am worried about there. Um, the Those running backs, though, small holes and explosive. And, and it, it's all or nothing. They'll run right into a wall if the wall is there. But if they hit that hole, they're explosive through there. More so, like I said, than Williams and, uh, and um, Swift. So I'm, I'm really going to be watching how that plays out. I want to see that gap integrity that we were talking about. Uh, where I, I started the show with the linebackers kind of, you know, messing that up a little bit. I saw a play on, uh, I think Rich Madrid tweeted it out about Dre Greenlaw and how he took the same gap that Fred Warner was already in, like just ran into the back of him. That can't happen against these running backs. Okay. That, that can't happen here. Um, but if we're putting up points like how we did against the, the Lions, that run game kind of disappears. Right. So I'm I mean, not too, too worried about it. Uh, the defense, my notes here. Wait, do you want to say anything about the offense before I keep going? No, I was just going to address the, the, the comment here and, you know, being worried about, you know, him, about Hurts getting out of the pocket and throwing deep. You know, to me, um, that's also a concern, right? Like I expect that the ends are going to rush. Like he's going to be under pressure most of that game. But he is a just a younger version of Wilson. To you know, he may not be as good as Wilson yet, but I have I, I have the I feel like he could be one day as good as Wilson is currently. Um, but they have the same a similar not the same they have a similar playing style, right? And and we as the 49ers um, have fallen victim to that playing style quite often. Now. What you were saying about – so I am concerned, picture perfect 49ers, about this specifically because we have seen this. But I think that D'Amico is going to dial up some specific things for that, but also specific things to what to address what you're talking about, Mike, with making sure – since he is the, was the linebacker's coach and is now, you know, the defensive coordinator, you know, obviously they, they're professionals. They're going to prepare for what the team that's coming at them, what their wep- their best weapons are. And so I think there's going to be a little bit more uh, gap security that, that, that goes on. And uh, I don't know that we have the glaring holes that we saw with Swift um, with this this line. I think that, that there'll be a – it won't be as uh, a noticeable. I, but I could be wrong. I mean, who knows? Maybe that was all on street. Maybe it was all on – Armstead when he's on the inside or whatever. But. Right. Now, I will say that while the Eagles had a lead and things like that, Hertz had plenty of opportunities to run. He likes to throw. He doesn't want to get out there and run. He wants to stay behind the line of scrimmage. I saw him 
pointing out traffic and stuff like that and uh, trying to get and trying to find somewhere to throw the ball. Uh, the Eagles, they have a lot of new players, new faces, especially at the wide receiver position. Uh, they have to work on that, the, the comeback stuff and the, the scramble ability and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Um, he did run a couple of times, you know, on some third downs and things like that, but he heads straight towards the sideline. He doesn't want to run up the middle and, and take a big hit or anything like that. So I do think that's something that we'll be able to control. Um, he's not the scrambler that people he, – he's, he's not that type of guy. He, he's a pass-first uh, type of quarterback. So I didn't put any of that in my notes, but, yeah, so I, I like that about him in particular. Um, my defensive notes are as follows. Uh, susceptible in the middle of the field. Linebackers are very slow to react. This could hamper our misdirection if they don't move off their spots like we want them to, pre-snap and stuff like that. Um they, they force us to play in smaller windows. Uh, loves to hit guys out of bounds. They drew a couple of penalties in that game, the Eagles. Uh, people were already out of bounds, and they still give them a shove. Here's a 15-yard here's a penalty. Or they still give them a hit in the back. Uh, I saw a penalty or two of that happening, and then I saw it happen three or four more times, but it was so close that the refs didn't throw flags on it. But the players on the opposing team were like, hey, where's the flag? Where's the flag? So we got to watch out for that. It's a possibility and a risk factor there especially with guys like uh Debo who's gonna you know once he gets to the sideline he pulls up but then if he gets hit while he's pulling up that's some compaction right you know that we don't really want that so that's something that we have to be uh cognizant of um constantly pushing the line of what's fair and what's not when uh on boundary tackles uh corners play off a lot and I don't mean often I mean by distance the, so if, you know, the corners aren't at the line of scrimmage, they're back five, six, seven yards. So that could help us with some of the spacing. But again, those those linebackers don't move around as much as you would like them to. You don't uh, think that they change that game plan up, though? It's it's possible. Again, I just I just did this based off because of, it was a new coach. Right. I don't know where to go watch other film of their defensive coordinator and their often. You know what I'm saying? So I just no, watched I, this one game I a couple of times. So you know what I'm saying? Um, and I said on here with them uh, playing with that kind of space, they're not trying to bait anyone. It seems to be by design. Now, that could have been the game plan for, you know, the, the Falcons there. Um, one thing I forgot to say about their offense and how their wide receivers play, the way that their, their receivers play, the boundary really does become uh, another defender here. Not in the general sense either. The, he's not throwing anything to the outside. Everything that he throws is on the inside. So even when the people were turning to him, like to, to catch the passes, it wasn't like they were turning to him outside towards the towards the uh, boundary. They were all turning all the way around or turning to the inside. So that boundary is going to count as a huge defender for us in this game. Um, my other defensive notes, not to keep jumping around. Sorry about that. Um, over anxious. Oh, sorry. Nope. That was it for the defense. Um, so susceptible in the middle of the field and linebackers are slow to react. Brian, you know that Kyle likes to manipulate defenses, make linebackers think it's one thing and it's something else or move them off of their spot. If these linebackers are just naturally slow and they're not moving, how do you think that can affect our, our passing game? If, if you're saying the, the Eagles linebackers are slow, like in their processing ability or physicality? They physically don't – like they'll snap the ball – and those guys are still flat-footed. Like, you watch Fred Warner 
after the snap of a ball and he's moving in a certain direction but not not committing to it but his his feet are kind of toggling so that way when he's ready to change direction right he can do it quickly these guys weren't doing that they were very flat-footed and just waiting to see and then going where we know that kyle likes to get guys to move to one side based off of pre-snap reads and he uses all the motion for that these guys weren't they didn't care right so how, how do you think that affects the game whether it be run game or pass game no i think in the in the passing game i think that's beneficial if that's you know factual if that if that's how they're actually if that wasn't how they were geared to play atlanta and that's how you know if that's just truly how they are as athletes then that's going to be beneficial to us because you know, Kittle's going to blow them up if that's the, the case. You know, Debo across the middle, blow them up. Ayuk, blow them up, you know, or speed by them, however you want to look at it. Um, so I think that plays right into your into our hand if if that's factual as far as them as athletes. Like, again, haven't I don't follow them like I follow the 49ers, so I don't know um, the, you know, the details of how they, how they run their system. But uh, – if that is true and they do play that way, then that's going to be a, de- a detriment to their defense. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Picture Perfect has another contribution. It says, bros, what do you think about their ends matchup? What do you think this means? Their I'm defensive sure. ends? Like with our tackles? <clears throat> that's what I'm assuming he's talking oh, about. Okay. 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 Um, all right. That's that's a good question. I I'll be honest with you guys, man. There were plays where their defensive line was really good. And then there were a lot of plays where they were just out there, like just just on the field, not really making a difference uh, run and pass game. So I'm not sure. Matt Ryan had some time in this game. I just don't. I It was the receivers and the running backs and stuff like that. So uh, I think that our, I think our offensive line should hold up OK. I do. And the Eagles had one of the best best defensive lines i mean that's how, that's how they won their super bowl but those right. guys are getting older oh where's my note for that i got a note on here somewhere oh wait okay it's right here. i see it. it's down here um but yeah uh mike and nick since you guys will be in philly will you be doing a pre-game halftime and overreaction show make sure you have your lucky wings mike um we will try to do a pre-game show but like from the parking lot it's going to be really noisy it'll be sloppy uh we'll just be chiming in to show you guys some love on the youtube show We'll try to do some stuff. Maybe we can go sit in a car and give you guys a solid 15-minute show or something like that. Uh, but you guys got to remember that we have to get inside the stadium early. So what we normally do is 30 minutes before kickoff. I plan on being probably inside close to that time. So I don't quite know how it's going to go. This is why Nick always teases me. Mike doesn't go anywhere so we can do shows because it throws all of the stuff that you guys are used to watching off. Right. And so it's going to be really, really hard. Um, now – We'll find out tomorrow. Maybe there's somebody, I'm not going to say any names, who could help us do a pregame show, or maybe he'll be there with us. I don't know. We're going to see. So, you know, uh, it's out there. We'll see what happens. But hopefully uh, we, we will bring you guys something from our phones. I don't know how the reception and stuff like that is going to be, so I can't promise how good of anything it's going to be. But what I do know is this. At the end of the night, we will come on and do a full overreaction show. The good thing about a 1 o'clock show is that uh, a one o'clock game is that we have the rest of the night to do what we need to do. So we go out, we'll hang out with people after the game. We'll come home, we'll unwind, and then we can come on maybe even around the time for the Sunday night football game. We can watch that together and then still overreact to our game uh, in that moment. So yeah, we, we will work it out guys. It's just not certain right now. So I, I apologize about that. Um, My one special teams note, 
because punting is punting. You see good punts, you see bad punts. Same for any team in the NFL. I, I didn't want to talk about that. Um, their kick return guy and their punt return guy. Over anxious return man. We have to be disciplined. That was my note. I saw this guy take a ball that I thought went out of bounds on the kickoff and ran that bitch out, and he's quick. So I, I, don't, I didn't even write down a name or a number, but he's over-anxious. He's one of those guys that, like, I got to get my hands on this ball and go. So we have to be disciplined because if we if we let up thinking that, oh, he's going to fair catch this joint and our guys aren't gunning down the field the way they're supposed to, we are in trouble. We are in trouble. Um, that was my note for that. Um, how do you think an over-anxious – I mean, it could play into our hands also. Hightower talked today. He, he kind of confused me, but he spoke about – uh, do you want every kickoff to go out of bounds? He said, ideally, you like stuff like that, but sometimes we do ask him to kick it short. He didn't give us a, a definitive answer, whether we always wanted to go out of bounds, but he did say, and I quote, you would like it to always go out of bounds, but sometimes, da 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 You know what I'm saying? So I don't know right. his preference. I, I couldn't feel, and I rewound that part over and over trying to figure out what Hightower prefers. I, I don't know, but with a guy like this, it might be better to just if, – if you're going to kick it to him, kick it seven, eight yards deep into the end zone. And that way, if he does have a, what looks like a decent return, we're still stopping him at the 15 or 20 as right. opposed to out the end zone and getting him at the 25. So, I mean, what, what would you do in that situation? If you know that you have an over-anxious return man. Right. If, I, if, if I'm kicking against a returner who, you know, can put in his foot in the ground and go, uh, I'm always trying to kick it out of the end zone. Like – why would you give the opposing team the opportunity to blow something up and change the momentum of the game when you can just assuredly put them at the 25, you know? That's true. And like I said, special teams is the one unit that it can be a spark for both sides of the ball. Absolutely. And you don't want that to happen, especially on the road in Philly where their fans are loud and relentless. I'm not trying to get beat up, guys. So let's just go in there and whoop their ass and let me go home in peace, okay? <laughs> what is that? Um, I've, I'm a little... I've, had a cerebral flatulation here. Um, cerebral fl- flatulation. I like that. When I they do the, the, not this, it's not scrum. Uh, when they kick the ball, but it's like, uh, it, it's down the middle of the field, squid basically. Kick. Huh? A squid kick. Squid kick. That's what I was like. I couldn't remember the word. So like, if I'm more concerned about my return man and I have a kicker who can't necessarily get it out of bounds every time, then I'm looking at doing something like that more often than not, probably where I put it in a position where somebody's got to feel the bouncing ball coming down the, the, you know, the field. Mm. And then, you know, so they have to focus. It's not just dropping in their lap where they're not lining up, you know, with angles, but they actually have to go pursue something that could go anyway because it's an oblong ball. So it's difficult to predict where that thing might end up. Um, Granted, you could end up with, you know, uh, you know, only kicking to the 40 yard line if you do that though. I mean, so there are pros and cons to doing that, but if I had someone who is over anxious, I think, if I have a kicker who can't get it out of bounds every time, that would be my other option. I'm not trying to kick it to them, you know, two yards inside the, the end zone or two yards outside of the end zone and hope that my guys get down there and tackle them because we see our we we've seen our guys over pursue as gunners and then they're completely out of the play, basically, you know. So yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um that was my note for there. Uh and then I wrote this down here. I have new coach, new quarterback, new wide receivers. I said, team looks young and inexperienced, but offensive line is an average of 29 years old. However, they had a ton of false starts. I don't get it. 
So they have they have to me a really old offensive line. They right. got thirty three year olds, thirty one year old, thirty year olds, and there's a guy that's twenty six. Uh, I forget the other guy, but it averaged out to uh, twenty nine plus years old, closer to thirty. Right. They have right. so many false starts. Again, this is because there's a new coach and new system that they're they're installing here. Um, this yeah. could be something that the Niners could take advantage of. I did not watch it. Was Landon their starter, starting center? Because that's a rookie. Was I didn't know. I didn't see oh, the game to, to say if it was uh, him or not. Let me see. Let me see if I could pull that up really. Because I'm if you're in, if he was the the starting lineup or the starting center, then you know that could attribute to that as well. Let's see here. Here we go. Uh, this is skill positions. Where are the linemen? All right, that's Fletcher Cox. That's defensive lineman. Josh Sweat, Brandon Graham. Uh, 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 where are the offensive linemen here? I mean, I guess it's not important. I was just curious if, if he was or not. This is so – they don't list – they don't list the offensive linemen at all. What, what side is this? Fletcher Cox. Javon Hargrave, Hassan Ridgeway, T.Y. McGill, Josh Sweat, Brandon Graham, Ryan Kerrigan, Derek Barnett. I forgot they got Kerrigan. Oh, shit. <laughs> See, again, I watched this game. I didn't look for individual players. I looked for – Jay just, Eli says he was inactive. Oh, okay. There you go. I'm glad somebody had that answer. Yeah, because I didn't know. So I was like, well, that, that could be part of it. But if Kelsey started, then he's oh, still yeah. an older guy. It was Kelsey. It was Kelsey. But, yeah, but, they should – especially with a team that – I mean, I know they have pieces that aren't the same as they were a couple years ago. But, um, like you said, an older offensive line, they shouldn't be having those kind of miss. Yeah, so fire. they had uh, Jordan M- Milata, Milata, uh Isaac Sim- uh, Sumalo, uh, Jason Kelsey, Brandon Brooks, and Lane Johnson. And uh, the analysis they have here on this article says uh, there were only five times in 2020 – in which the five, the starting five offensive linemen played every snap. Honestly, I was surprised there were that many. So they all played all 71 snaps. Wow. Uh, Fletcher Cox played the most snaps on the defensive line, followed by Javon Hargrave and then Josh Sweat, Brandon Graham, Ryan Kerrigan, Derek Barnett, and Milton Williams all played uh, 30, 39 or fewer snaps uh, in the 30 still. And then you had Hassan Ridgeway with 26 snaps. Uh, Marlon Tupuloto Lotu uh, with six snaps, and Teron Jackson with just two snaps. So, yeah, uh, they 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 rock out with their guys, man. They rock out with their guys. Um, Yo, is there? Oh, I know. Uh, Mc, I know McDougal got hurt, um, and then their backup safety got hurt. I wonder who's starting at their safety position. Because McDougal was hurt already, and then their backup safety got hurt against the Falcons. I'm not sure. Uh, let me see. Hold on. I can tell you. I can tell you based that, on this article. They have Marcus Epps and Anthony Harris out there. Yeah, Epps got hurt. Okay. So Epps got hurt. Played, Epps against, played eight snaps, and then Maddox went in. Yeah, he. Yeah, Maddox was the guy that finished. Yeah. So Avante. Avante Maddox. Let's see what it says about him. Avante uh, Maddox, uh, fourth round pick in 2018. Oh, they, they have him as a cornerback, so maybe he didn't play. 
Maybe he didn't play safety. All right, hold on. Let me see who else they have here. Because uh, Marcus Epps only did eight snaps. Maybe it I was Kevon Wallace. I think um, Maddox had to go in and play safety because they didn't have another safety up. No, Kevon Wallace played uh, one safety. He he is a free safety, so it was him. That's it. They. Oh wait, here we go. Never mind. Darius. They have Anthony Harris and Steve Nelson both played seventy-two snaps. Darius Slay played seventy, and then Kevon Wallace played sixty-four. He's he's got the the weird number there, so. And I don't think they're using Darius Slay as a. Well, yeah, Darius they, Slay's their corner, right? Yeah, he's listed as a corner also. So maybe maybe yeah. it was uh maybe it was uh Kevon uh, I mean Maddox maybe they did use Maddox. Maddox yeah. So I think just, that's who it was. Did they stay in West Virginia in nineteen? Yeah. When they did the back to back games, because I know they did it last year. Again, yeah. Yeah, stayed at the same place, Greenbrier. So, obviously different teams, right, um, than what they're playing this season. But this also bodes to why I think that this is going to be another lopsided victory for the 49ers is because this week they're going to be in West Virginia or they're in West Virginia um, without, you know, families or interruptions, if you will. They can solely focus on football, and I think that that's going to be a benefit to them to be able to just – roll into that stadium and tear their ass up. I like it, man. I, I hope we come in there with a, a focus and, you know, I, you know what I hope? I think I, I know a lot of players read their social medias and, and they say they don't and they shouldn't, but they do. And um, I'm hoping that they see that their head coach is under attack. I want to see this team play inspired ball for Kyle this week. That's what I would love to see. That's what I would love to see. Go out here and make a statement. Make make a freaking, you know what I'm saying? And I think the he made a statement week one. Kyle. Huh? I said the hell, the hell with playing for Kyle. They need to play because of what they did last week. They like. They, they, well, what I mean by that is, is last week was like kind of a kick in their ass, right? As to. to and a learning experience, especially for the younger guys. Like, meaning, like, they can't take their foot off the gas. And they can't make mental mistakes like – I don't want to say George Kittle had a mental mistake because he – that was a, a bad bounce. But the Debo Samuel fumble, you know, those types of things. And to come out of that game with a win should be beneficial to them. But just like Kyle said – or uh, Debo said – Kyle asked us what we all thought about that win after the after the game in the locker room, and nobody said anything. So I think like they need to realize that you know when, like they said, wins aren't easy to come by in the NFL, and you have to take them like a grain of salt. But you have to play until the very last whistle blows. Absolutely. And I think that that was a good learning lesson for our young guys. So play for yourselves, but I understand what you're saying. Play for Kyle. I screw that. Play for us. Play for the fans. We missed out last year. Make that Eagles a whole what is it, Veterans State, whatever the, the Eagle Stadium is. Um, turn that shit into red and, and play for us. Go out there and show us. <laughs> I don't care about playing for Kyle. My mom is having a ball in Hawaii right now. How she can you not? <laughs> she's sending us pictures and shit. She's sending us views from the hotel. 
or apartment. I don't know. I don't know what she's in. The condo or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. She's funny. Is she staying in Honolulu? I have no idea. I didn't ask. I didn't ask, bro. Um, the first picture you showed me, I didn't see Diamond Head in the back, so I assume it's on the other side of the island. But look at you, look at you. Whatever. I don't know what none of that means. The volcano, man. <laughs> <laughs> An extinct um, volcano. <laughs> so listen, guys. I don't know uh, how many other shows we're going to get a chance to do. I know Saturday we're all going to be out and 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 uh, you know congregating with other faithful. Uh, Friday we don't usually do shows. And tomorrow is Thursday. I don't know if we're doing back-to-back nights or not, but I do want to ask you guys for some predictions here. I do want to ask you guys for some predictions, and we'll get out of here. You guys can give me score. Um, well, I already told you. I think it's going to be a lopsided victory. So, you know, if you want to go 35-17 at a minimum. Wow. Wow. You guys are back at it again. Not me. I'm going I'm going 35-28. Oh, you think it's going to be a closer game? Yeah, I think it's going to be a closer game. I'm not counting out the mobility of Jalen Hurts until I see any difference with this team stopping mobile quarterbacks. Um, That's fair. I, I mean, I want to see how these guys step up. I want to see who's starting at the opposite corner position. Um, and I got to see us be able to stop the run up the middle. So, um, I'm going to go with a closer game right now, uh, 35-28. That's what my thought process is on it right now. I'm going to rewatch the Eagles game and see what they do again. Um, but, Mike, you know what we should do? Oh, no, we can't do that. We won't have time. Never mind. Never mind. But I'll talk to you later about that. Had me all intrigued. Um, I'm like, uh-oh. What should we do? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he, here was my prediction here. I, I have it written down here. Uh, I said, overall, we should route them and their defense. Should expect a few random explosive plays from their offense. Tip passes will be intercepted. Talking about uh, tip passes by us. Okay. Will be intercepted by their defense. Um, spacing is so much that balls by balls in the air by us, they will come down with. My final prediction is going to be 27-21. Yeah, so you got a close game too. Yeah. Yep. I, I, yep. Also, if anybody is going to the game in Philly, all the Jersey and Philly chapters are asking you if you're coming and going to the game to wear your red jersey. Don't wear the white always because the Eagles have white jerseys as well. So they want to be able to be known that the red is in the stadium. So, dominate with red. Wear the red jerseys if you're coming to the or game. T-shirt, red jerseys, red jerseys. Wear red to rep your team. Yeah. Red, whatever it is. Jersey, T-shirt, whatever. So, I can't wait to see all y'all, man. Mike, it's been a long time since I've even seen you. I know. And we yeah, live 20 minutes away from each other. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we live 20 minutes, and it's like it's all the COVID stuff my- and all that. See? If I lived 20 minutes away, I'd be playing spade with Mike every Saturday night. Let's go. You don't want that work. You don't want that. I, I swear to God, I hope you can go. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. Um, this is going to be my first, like, outing since COVID. Like, everything I do is, like, in a hotel room, spaced out. The casinos where you're by yourself still. You're not out with people in mass. This is my very, very first one. So, 
I'll just have Slay going to blanket someone else who's a very good DB. That line is mean, and y'all know zero about the offensive scheme, trap game. Okay. I, I like the confidence here. I like the confidence. I don't agree with it at all, but we'll see. We will see. Nikki, just make sure you come back after the game. Right. We route you, Nikki, because we're Niners fans, not Eagles fans. You can go back to your own channel. <laughs> no, stay. <laughs> like, comment. Make stay. a contribution. Everybody's yeah. saying they're leaving to go watch the Cone Show. You can go stay at the Cone Zone because we don't need oh, you back. God. But, yeah, so, I mean, that, that's actually, what we got for you guys Actually, tonight. I do like tonight's show, the 49ers After Dark with Jesse. I do like that show. I like Jesse's opinions. But, uh. Nikki, make sure you come back after the game. Come back Sunday night, overreaction show. I knew the faithful were in trouble when Nick said after – it was a couple shows ago where he was like, we need more uh, beat writers like Grant Cohn. And, like, if I had the soundboard for the record scratch, like, like, (laughs) I would have played that sound. He was like, we need more beat writers like Grant Cohn. And I was like – I was like, what the hell? Is he serious? I'll do it again. Well, I was... <laughs> oh, here we go. So this is one of the guys I play spades with. Tone, see, you you setting a bad precedent. <laughs> You're not telling the truth. This is one of my OGs that I go out on Saturday night. I played spades no. at over 400 feet underneath the water, buddy. Let's go. Bro, he... <laughs> He, he is telling you guys lies. And he knows – see, no, I can't say what I was going to say now because he'll text the group and tell on me, and that seems like I'm throwing somebody under the bus. So I'm not going to do it. He, he knows it. He's a Dolphins fan. Thanks for the support. Is this right. the same group that call you Similac? Yes, he's the one that always types Similac. That's him. They just think you're the baby, that's all. Yeah, yep, that's what it is. That's exactly what it is. Um, but, yeah, man, so I got nothing else, guys. Any final thoughts? You guys ready to go home? Let's, let's leave them with some final thoughts and get out of here. You know, I always got final thoughts. Yes, sir. So, where's, where's at, our, where is it? I got it on here somewhere. First of all, uh, I was going to say something to Nikki, but yeah, make sure you come back because we have no problem eating crow if we're wrong. But, uh, you know, we're not going to be wrong this week. My final thoughts are this you know, obviously, we've seen some bad stuff out there on social media. As far as I'm concerned, it's bad stuff anyway uh, about people treating other people um, inappropriately. We'll just go with that word. Um, but you know, be good to each other. You know, we're going to have differing opinions. You know, you can respect that, learn from it, grow from it. And, uh, you know, again, just be good to each other. There's no reason for the animosity. We're 49ers fans. We're faithful. You should be supporting the team 150,000%. So I don't want to hear any more bad crap about somebody because you don't like them on the team and the players that aren't on this team anymore, they're gone. I mean, you can be like, they're part of 49er history. Well, they, they have their history. And in, unless they're coming back, if they're still active players playing somewhere else or looking to play somewhere else, I don't support them. So, yeah. Nick? Mad love to all y'all. That's pretty much all I got, man. Let's go. I'm ready for this weekend. Get to see all the faithful. Get to see my boys Mike, Jason, John Chapman, all you guys, Eric Crocker. It's going to be a fun weekend. It's going to be a good game. I'm hoping for a nice competitive game with the Niners coming out on top. Yeah. Uh, you know, and and both teams to stay healthy. And uh, like I said, 35-28 is my prediction as of right now. 
I'll see all y'all on the weekend. Did you say 31 28? 35 28. Oh, 35 28. Okay. Okay. Yeah, 35 28. Um, make sure you guys hit that like and but hit that like button, rate, subscribe, and like as well. Head over to if you didn't hear any presses, you can head over to our podcast channel as well. That's on SoundCloud, iTunes, you know, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, and they are on there as well. And if you don't want to watch the video, you can also get this in audio also. So 3528, and above all else, stay faithful. See you all this Absolutely. weekend. Absolutely. For the people that I'm going to see this weekend, guys, I am not a handshaker during a pandemic. I will give you guys an elbow or a fist bump. And if you're offended that I use hand sanitizer right after, sorry, it's going to happen. I got a family. I got a job. I got people I hang out with afterwards. So, you know, you got to do what's best. But I encourage everybody to be safe, number one. Be smart about everything that you guys do in large groups. I won't lie to you guys. I am nervous about this. This is my, like I said, this is my first time going out in mass since this whole thing started. So I am nervous. Um, so, you know, my buddy uh, who was supposed to be coming, one of the guys that dropped out, uh, his brother died from COVID last year. He's vaccinated. He just tested positive. He's missed work all week. That's why he's not coming. Uh, it's just a lot of stuff that, you know, is going on. So people, please, please, please be safe. Um, just, you know, be smart. Be safe. Be smart. And like Brian was saying, be kind, okay? Uh, we will see you guys soon. I can't wait to break it down for you guys. Um, yeah, that's it. And Breezy will be there. And remember, spread love and use hand sanitizer. There you go. Spread love like you spread hands spread all love. over the place. Spread love, not war, guys. All right, that's going to do it for us. You guys ready to go home? Let's go. Prepare for glory. Anticipate pain. But always remain faithful. We have guys. And aloha. We all gas, no brakes, pumped up. No fakes, we spinning, we winning, we high stakes We never miss, we all makes Look at us dudes trying to prove Bringing you news with nothing to lose Mike, Nick, Tony, Wayne Method man, we bring the pain hey. See, I'ma confess it We under the pressure If you looking to find us We them nothing but niners Niners. We nothing but Niners. We nothing but Niners. We nothing but Niners. We nothing but Niners.